newsletter, May 2021, the centenary of Robert A. Johnson. On April 22, 2010, five minutes after 10 in the morning, as the direct result of an incredible series of coincidences, I met the late, great Robert A. Johnson. Many of us have his books on our shelves. He sold two and a half million of them, including he and she and we, and my personal favorite, Balancing Heaven and Earth, a memoir. Robert died on September 12, 2018, at the age of 97. I am writing about him in this newsletter, recording it, obviously, because he would have turned 100 years old on May 26th, and also simply because I miss him. He was a good friend. When I was an infant, Robert was studying directly under Carl Gustav Jung in Zurich. He was also in formal psychoanalysis with Jung's wife, Emma. He is known internationally as a Jungian author, which I suppose works as well as most labels do. There was a lot more to him than that. But instead of trying to profile him, let me just tell you one of my favorite Robert stories. He used to travel to India pretty much every year. Once when he was about to present a talk there, he received a lengthy introduction in Hindi, a language which he did not speak. As he stepped up to the podium, he asked what had been said about him. He was told that he had been introduced as an enlightened being, which was kind of a shocker to him since he never spoke of himself in those terms. He inquired as to why such a thing had been said, and the man introducing him announced straight-faced and serious that the evidence was that Robert, quote, didn't eat much, didn't say much, and didn't do much. It's funny, of course, but it really did illuminate something deep about Robert Johnson. Beneath his piercing intelligence and his profound insights, beyond his public identity as a world-class intellectual, there was simply a kind of magical silence that radiated from him, a quality of sheer stillness. Enlightenment? Your guess is as good as mine. Still, it's funny how most of us can recognize wisdom when we see it. I certainly saw it in Robert, and so I cherish my moments with him. Robert Johnson had great respect for astrology. He shared with me that Dr. Jung, and Robert always called him that, had once told him that he would never undertake psychoanalysis with anyone without knowing his or her astrological chart. Now, I had always known that Jung was open to astrology, but I had never heard such a stark statement about it attributed to him. As Robert and I got to know each other more deeply, he asked me to explain his own chart to him. To me, this was a bit like the Dalai Lama asking me for meditation tips, but I told him that I would take a shot at it. He knew his birth time only approximately, like around dawn. So I, I first had to rectify his chart, something that is always so much easier with an older person since there are so many more timed events to use. I came up with the time of 6.18 a.m. on May 26th, 1921 in Portland, Oregon. You can see the chart if you're looking at, at this uh, newsletter on my website. 
I'm not going to attempt a full analysis of the chart here. There's just not enough space to, to do such a process any justice. Scanning his chart quickly, you can see he was Mr. Gemini, Sun, and a couple of planets there. And note that his Geminian Mercury was also out of bounds, which suggests that kind of maverick element in his brilliance. But note, too, that almost everything else in his chart reflects deeply inward-directed qualities. The 12th house sun, the Cancer ascendant, the moon ruling it from the 8th house, this deep inwardness. Um, so uh, that's the way it felt to be around him. Uh, you know, again, he didn't eat much, he didn't say much, and he didn't do very much. But Gemini fashion, he also never missed a thing. His trenchant, penetrating insights could leave you struggling to breathe. To be honest, Robert was not always a gentle man. On more than one occasion, I saw him rip someone a new one, so to speak. Generally, the trigger was any evidence of egoism in that person. The reading I did for Robert went beautifully. He wrote to a friend about it, who later shared a Robert's words with me. My three hours with Mr. Forrest was one of the most remarkable experiences of my life. I hope you will hear it sometime. In the last hour, the story broke off into a survey of my last incarnation, which was very sober and full of darkness that has lapsed over into my present life and has accounted for the difficult things I have lived with presently, such things as amputation and loneliness. Robert later wrote directly to me, quote, I have had several charts done in my lifetime, but none of them but yours have escaped the astrologer mistaking so much of the chart as a sounding board for his own ego. Coming from Robert A. Johnson, those supportive words sunk right into my soul, giving my battered self-confidence a boost at a time when I really, truly needed it. My long marriage was falling apart. My wife and I had moved to the desert 2,000 miles from all my friends and all my support back in North Carolina. Robert's arrival in my life was providential. I will always be grateful to him. To say that Robert and I became good friends is true. But even though I was 61 years old when we met, he was also truly my mentor. In the mystical fashion of any spiritual lineage, his simple presence alone was a powerful teaching. I certainly felt that I understood Jungian psychology far more profoundly after spending time with him. We were far from wordless when we were together. But I would still say that most of what I learned from him did not come through language. My ascendant in Scorpio lined up really closely with his sixth house cusp. So I presented myself to him in that classic house of servants fashion as an acolyte or a disciple. At the same time, each of our natal sons fell in the other person's seventh house. So a natural, strong friendship arose between us two. These two realities sat pretty easily with each other. Robert would, for example, often ask me why he was still alive. He wasn't depressed, but he felt his work on earth was done and he was ready to move on. 
I think one of the reasons he asked me that question so repeatedly is that as humans go, I'm pretty comfortable with death. So I didn't immediately lambast him with spiritual platitudes. By the way, the best answer I could ever give him to his question was that I felt he had one more book in him, one about the psychological experience of extreme old age. He never wrote that book, and the world is poorer for the lack of it. Here's another Robert story. In the little town where I live and where Robert had a second home, there's a natural wonder in the landscape called Fonts Point. Getting to it is a bit of a challenge. As a younger man, Robert had visited the place many times, but his disabilities had kept him away ever since. I offered to bring him out there again, which was no mean feat for a man of nearly 90 with an artificial leg. I had a vehicle that could do it. We managed to get Robert loaded into the shotgun seat, and we headed out to this big overlook. We brought a folding chair for him, of course. After we arrived at the site, we just sat there and quietly took in the view for an hour or two. Robert slipped into meditation, which led to my then new partner, Michelle Condos, painting a portrait of him, which we presented to him on his 90th birthday, and which was later displayed in St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego on the day of his funeral. You can see it on, on the website in the text version of this newsletter if you'd like. Now, as we were getting ready to leave Fonts Point, Robert turned his soul-seeing gaze on me, and he simply said, If it weren't for your kindness, I would never have seen this place again. Such simple words. Hearing him say them was such a powerful experience, such a transmission, that I suspect they will come back to me in a future lifetime. It's the singer, not the song. My natal sun is in 15 degrees, 43 minutes of Capricorn. On the day and the hour I met Robert, April of 2010, the transiting north node of the moon was in exactly that position to the minute. Karma? No doubt. A few months earlier, an unexpected knock on our front door had revealed the minister of the church of my soon-to-be ex-mother-in-law, the minister and his wife from the Pacific Northwest, were here in Southern California on a vacation. They had been given our address, unknown to us, and had decided to pop in and introduce themselves. Robert had once spoken at the minister's church. It was from the minister that I first learned that the fabled Robert A. Johnson had a place here in Borrego Springs, tucked away up by the Western Mountains. It was intriguing, of course, but still not an introduction. Two or three weeks later, a client happened to email me about a reading and casually mentioned that he had a friend named Robert who also lived in my town. Uh, I knew that my client was a Jungian analyst, so I asked him if his friend just happened to be Robert Johnson. He said yes, and it was through him that arrangements were made for me to finally knock on Robert's door on that morning in April 2010. Transiting Uranus was almost exactly square my natal Uranus, and so I knew I should expect the unexpected. Perhaps even more tellingly, 
added to that exact transiting nodal conjunction with my sun, the solar arc nodal axis was just seven weeks away from forming an exact square to my moon. My karmic chickens were coming home to roost, and in this case, little did I know that they were about to lay a golden egg. One meme in Robert's view of life was how we all need to follow the slender threads. By that, he meant the subtle cues and other forms of guidance that synchronicity affords us all if only we are open to them. I am grateful for many things in my life, but the slender threads that wove my life into the life of Robert A. Johnson in his final years are high on the list. In my opening lines, I used the word coincidence, but I put it in quotation marks. I always do. Basically, I have come to believe that there ain't no such thing as a coincidence. So, happy 100th birthday to Robert A. Johnson. Thank you for all you gave me and for all you gave to this crazy world. I hope you're enjoying your little rest upon the wind and that you'll be back soon. We miss you. I noticed that the cosmos is staging a lunar eclipse on May 26th in honor of your centenary. With your Cancer Ascendant, Moon ruling your chart, that seems so appropriate. The light disappears, but then it always returns. Thank you.